Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me tonight, Jude Seymour, my Senior Editor over there at uh, at the OFDs. Uh, but we are lacking a uh, a hardcore dad tonight. Uh, Brendan McElindon is right now rocking one of his sweet children to sleep. Uh, and I'm thinking he's uh, he's probably thinking, man, I got another one on the way in about two weeks. <laughs> he, uh, when he was talking to us, Celsi, he couldn't come or he was going to be late. He, he likened it to Dane Chris fumbling on the on the one yard line against USD in 2011. <laughs> and he literally said, all hell's broken loose. And it's just like, oh, man, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah, that, that hit hard. That hit, yeah. that, that explanation that, that, hit hard. As, as a dad and a Notre Dame fan in 2011, that really, that really uh, struck struck a nerve. So, uh, thoughts yeah, after Brennan. Yeah, he knew uh, he knew exactly what to say to uh, the you know <laughs> and I. It's like, yep, we <laughs> we get it, we get it. <laughs> all right, so uh, obviously, uh, all hell is broken loose across college football with uh, you know with what's going on with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Uh, but tonight we are here to to kind of not talk about that. Look, yeah, because I think I'll, we I think we really covered that pretty well on our Thursday podcast, so kind of a bonus podcast for everybody who you know is used to listening to us once a week. So I, this is well tread territory. If you if you watch if you go onto our site or any other site, uh, we've been talking schedules to death. We've been talking scenarios to death. So it's time to do something else. Yeah, and and the the truth of the matter is, shit's going to change again. In, in a couple, in a day, two days, Absolutely. whatever it is, it, it, things are going to change drastically, and so whatever that is, uh, we're just going to let that happen. I mean, I, Jude's absolutely right. The scenarios and this and that, we we've come across that we've we've talked about all of it. I think enough, um, and and that's not to like shy. We're not shying away from any of it. It's just like there's nothing left to say until things actually happen. So uh, tonight we're going to get into. Uh, you know, one of my favorite podcasts. Every once in a while, they they pull out this thing called a relaxed fit episode. And it's just <laughs> it's just more of a, a laid back thing after some intense stuff, um, but definitely uh, something that's fun. So tonight, Jude and I are going to talk about the uh, the secret strangeness of the 1995 and 1996 Notre Dame college football seasons uh, and schedules that you know kind of uh, you know the focal point of most of it all. It was, I've talked about it a few times on this podcast or brought it up a few times. Anyways, 95 and 96, there was, there was some strangeness going on. It was <laughs> got a little weird. You wouldn't be talking about Tom Krug as, uh, as the head, as the uh, starting quarterback in a bowl game. Would you, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, add it to the list. Okay. I mean, this was, might, you know, actually, he might have started against Northwestern at the beginning of the year, too. So ninety five, ninety six was Holtz's last two years at Notre Dame. Correct. And you couldn't think you couldn't you really couldn't map out a more realistic, worse ending to what was a legendary career up to up to that point at Notre Dame. I, I, I don't think I'm off base by saying, no, it was it's. It How disappointing like, those two seasons were. Yeah, it felt like when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards, right? When Jordan came back and played for the Wizards, and you're just kind of like, I think we're done here. You know, I think that's how that's how '96 felt, at least at the very least. So, <laughs> you know, not only that, but it hurt even worse when uh, when Holtz uh, took South Carolina to a bowl game and, and beat 
Ohio State up. <laughs> so, so they couldn't do it 95 <laughs> <laughs> it's like Holt's a sweet revenge, but uh, uh, that song. But uh, all right, so l- let's get into it, Jude. Let's look. first of all, why I bring '95 and '96 up, why I've brought it up quite a bit, is because we've been talking about scheduling and rivals, and, you know, and all this stuff a lot lately. And the two biggest things about '95 and '96 is that it's missing two teams, Michigan. And Michigan State, Notre Dame had a break uh, from both teams uh, during these two years, and seemingly were uh, replaced by you know take your pick of Northwestern and I mean, let's just say they were replaced by Northwestern and Ohio State, uh, uh, respectively. Right? They they played ninety. Yeah, Northwestern they played in uh, ninety two and, and ninety three. So Northwestern was still kind of on the schedule. Ohio State was definitely a new entrant. So and then obviously you had the two year with Vanderbilt as well. You had the ninety five right. ninety six with Vanderbilt. So right, and this highlights a lot of like you know your home at home scheduling that ads have to do all across the country. Right, and so ninety five ninety six kind of represented that time where all right we have Ohio State, we have Washington, we have Vanderbilt, um, Texas, <laughs> we have Air Force, yeah, okay. Texas. <laughs> the you know those were you know all four of those teams there five teams. You got you had some home and homes. Yes, even Air Force home and home. Right. Uh, so it get it gets strange, man. I, you know, and another thing about these two seasons, at least for me personally, is you know ninety five was my senior year in high school. Uh, so you know football season, you know you're you're playing as a senior. Saturdays take on a little bit different take. you uh, <laughs> I won't say I'll, I'll say this ninety five and ninety six. We're not, I was not as, I wouldn't pay attention as much, uh, you know, still watching pretty much every game, I think, but just like you're so wrapped up in everything else, you know, being a senior and playing football in 95 and then 96, you know, you're a freshman in college. I was up at, it wasn't like I, I didn't go to Notre Dame. So my freshman year was in 96, you know, and I'm all hyped up for Charlie Batch and he gets hurt on the second play of, uh, of the first game of the season against Temple. And, uh, then it goes all shit from there. Uh, and then a lot of hazy tailgates. So these are two seasons <laughs> that that are strange to me schedule wise, but they're also kind of like they're strange to me just in my mind and my feeling because I I have a hard time remembering exactly what went down. So did a little bit, just did a wee bit of extra research that I normally uh, don't do. I just rely on my superior uh, memory skills and. I, it just gets weirder to me, Jude. Yeah, it just it just so, feels stranger. I'd like to do a little table setting here, if 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 you don't mind. Uh, Nineteen. I think the strangest of ninety five, ninety six actually starts with the Fiesta Bowl of I believe it's January first or second, nineteen ninety five, which would be the end of the ninety four season, in which a six four and one. <laughs> And their name is invited to the Fiesta Bowl. And to understand why this happened, and and honestly, I believe um, this is the genesis of a lot of uh, Notre Dame is overrated. Notre Dame doesn't belong in a bowl. Sort of like those kind of takes from the from the modern college football fan. Well, I mean, that started with that started with the uh, Sugar Bowl because I mean that was the whole the Cheerios Bowl thing was. uh, You won. You won that game. You know, it's right, hard to say right, you don't but, belong but in a they, bowl they, game. But they still said win. they were overrated, didn't belong, you sure. know, didn't belong in a bowl game. 
but what you're alluding to is absolutely correct. This is what starts the, you know, 30 year fucking run of, uh, nonsense you have to put up with. So the, the 94 season was under the old, what they called the bowl coalition. Right. And so there was an agreement and it didn't have the big 10 or the pack, the big 10 or the pack 10, which is like hilarious. So they had their own little deal with, with the Rose bowl or whatnot. Uh, so you had problems there anyways. And then you had, um, a spot guaranteed to Notre Dame as long as they won six games. I don't know why they put the threshold at six games, but um, <laughs> I, they probably never thought Notre Dame would stoop that low. But guess what? Notre Dame totally they wanted that. that they wanted low. that ND money. Yeah, they exactly. That ND money. So the Fiesta Bowl was like, you know, it's like uh, we were pitching, picking dodgeball and you're like, uh, I'll take the rich kid because I want to get invited to his house on Saturday. You know, and so they picked Notre Dame, and of course, people were like up in, it, in arms because that was a, a lopsided matchup, and it proved out. It was 41 24 against Colorado. Um, and so the Bull Coalition was going away, anyways, but the it, it because the Southwestern Conference was breaking up. But Notre Dame finishing 6 4 and 1 and getting invited to the Fiesta Bowl was like, if the nail hadn't already been in the coffin, that probably would have doomed it, right? So the 95. They still had a pretty sweet, they still had a pretty sweet deal with the Bull Alliance. Right. Correct. So the Bull Alliance is is 95 through 97, which is three years in it. It also has some similar problems in that it doesn't have the the Big Ten or the Pac-10 involved still, (laughs) which the BCS finally cleans up. But um, they actually get uh, we'll talk. We can talk about this when 96 comes up. But um, the Bull Alliance also gets blown up a little bit because BYU does so great in 1996. And there's no provision for a mid-major to actually get a Bull Alliance game. So they go to the Cotton Bowl, which, believe it or not, because I think people think of the Cotton Bowl as, a, as kind of a big marquee game, a January 1 game or whatever. It wasn't one of the, the top flight um, bowl games in the Bowl Alliance. So they go to the, the, um, they go to the Cotton Bowl, win, and it finished the season 14-1. and one, And their coach goes to Congress and testifies, basically, that the NCAA has set up a system in which he can't recruit because he can't tell his players, like, hey, you, you know, someday uh, you might get to play for a national championship. Because they weren't allowed. So the Congress was like, hey, do something about this. And they're like, OK, we'll get rid of the Bull Alliance. So you're, you're this 95, 96 season. They fall in this this weird gap of the of the Bull Alliance and falling. Do you think you think they would have learned some um, some lessons from the Bull Coalition? But it's basically the Bull Coalition with a little bit more moved around in terms of like, well, the Southwest Conference isn't there anymore. So now we've got to bring in, you know, this, these other teams, uh, this, this other conference. Oh, did you just break something? Are you there? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Holy smokes. Is that was, is your wife upset? Or what's I mean? Am I going on too long about the bowl lines? No, because <laughs> I think a, a light bulb just blew up. Oh like gosh. literally blew up. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that's a fir- that's a first. <laughs> I can't believe you heard. That. <laughs> yeah, that was it was quite loud. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think you I think you kind of alluded alluded to this, but to put a, a fine point on it, if you look at the ninety five and ninety six schedules for Notre Dame, they just play the same teams two straight years, right? They play uh, they play Purdue, they play Vanderbilt, they play Texas, they play Ohio State, they play Washington, yeah. they play USC, they play Boston College, they play Navy, they play Air Force. Air Force. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room in here. Uh, no, the, only, the only wiggle is, um, is I believe sw- Rutgers and, uh, swapping out army for Pittsburgh, baby. Oh, Rutgers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and then Army of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thanks. a uh, it's a strange it's a strange schedule. And then I mean, if you look when you look at it too, it's it's actually as strange as it is. It is a lot better schedule than I think than we have seen of late. I mean, mm. you're playing a thirteenth ranked Texas team, a seventh ranked Ohio State team, a fifteenth ranked Washington team. Both Ohio State and Washington were on the road. Uh, you play a fifth-ranked fifth-ranked USC team yep. at home, and then your, your bowl game was against an eighth-ranked uh, Florida State. I mean, it, it's a that's not bad. That seems a lot better than than what Notre Dame you know has been playing as of late. Uh, so, it, in essence, is okay, but it's just the two subtractions of Michigan State, which to me seems egregious. That Michigan State isn't on the schedule here. It's the team that to- told Michigan to go fly a kite. They were they were going to play Notre Dame. Uh, it is a long tra- you know long traditional rivalry, uh, and then it just it wasn't there for a couple of years. That's like, how does this not happen? Now Michigan and Notre Dame, you know, they just started you know they renewed their rivalry in a sense in 1978 and right. had played up. I think they played every year up until '95, right? From 78 to 95. Yeah. Yeah. 78 to 94. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. This is the first break. So that that's okay. You could kind of, as much as we were all into it. And again, Jude and I are both over 40 years old. (laughs) I mean, the Michigan series is Notre Dame football does. I mean, that's for sure. I'm not 65. I don't, I don't remember the 20. I don't, I didn't watch the 20 seasons prior to Notre Dame and, uh, you know, Michigan playing. I mean, the, the first year, the 78 was my birth year. So a few months after, or, or a month after I was born, hey, here we go. Uh, but uh, just that, not having Michigan State on there is just intense. Like, it's like, how did this come about? Yeah, that that that, uh, that definitely re- requires some more research because I bet you there is a, there's an answer there. That's pretty straightforward, and I would love to. I would love to know how basically both Michigan and Michigan State got a pause at the same exact time. It's it's a it's a real interesting scenario. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think we've kind of like wasted our uh, our hey John Heisler, what do you know about <laughs> kind of things? <laughs> no, I would. I, go, yeah, I was going to I was going to email Heisler this week and okay. ask this, and I just like you know what I, we've bothered the man enough. <laughs> I, I just John, I, I think John Heisler's done answering Notre Dame questions, but yeah, yeah. So I want to I want to talk about the collective freakout that must have been happening in the Notre Dame fan base after they lose the season opener to Northwestern, who, by the way, no one knows is going to be a Big Ten champion. Go to the no, Rose Bowl, play huge USC. Upset. Yeah. Huge, and then huge the upset. next uh, I'm sorry, two weeks later and the next game for Northwestern, they lose to Miami of Ohio. Now being ranked number twenty-five, so people were like, "Not only did we lose to Northwestern, but they literally lost their next game to Miami of Ohio." So you're thinking at September sixteenth, "Oh my God, what is this Notre Dame team? Uh, could they possibly be secret garbage?" Right? Because you and beat, they only beat Purdue by a touchdown the week. You beat before. Purdue by a touchdown, and you and you rocked Vanderbilt, but uh, who cares, right? That doesn't count for anything, right? right. Um, you know, Vanderbilt, I, I believe, was lousy this year. Yep, two and nine. So yeah. Um, well, what was shocking was was Texas coming into Notre Dame Stadium. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame won that fifty-five to twenty-seven. Fifty-five. Ooh. 
Notre Dame was ranked 21 at the time, Texas 13th. They had whooped them so good, Notre Dame, and this was back at a time where Notre Dame did a lot of jumping. Like if Notre Dame beat a ranked opponent soundly, there, you know, we there is I won't say media bias, but voters tend to be like, oh, okay, they're fine. All right, they they had their their two point scare loss beginning of the season. This is the third win in a row. They whooped a 13th ranked Texas team, uh, which you know still carries some, you know, a little bit of weight because Texas is in that same kind of category as Notre Dame with with voters. And they they bump them up from 21st to 15th. Now you got yourself a, a decently sized big game going into Columbus, a 15th ranked Notre Dame team against a seventh ranked Ohio State team. Uh, that was a, a really good Ohio Ohio State in the mid 90s, y'all. That was Eddie George, was right? That filthy. Was, they were yeah. filthy loaded at the time. You think they're loaded now? I'm telling you, like the 98 Buckeye team. I have no, there's I they were as talented as that 2000 and what 2001 Miami team, they were filthy loaded with talent. When you have an offensive tackle, who's like, yeah, Orlando uh, Pace. race Heisman, yeah. uh, it, it legit. I mean, Orlando pace. I, you know, I said all along, Notre Dame should have been following the Ohio state blueprint with Quentin Nelson because, you know, with Ohio state, it was like, they were keeping track of pancakes. They were pushing the Heisman on pace and they're sitting there with Eddie George. Yeah. I, <laughs> It was it was sick. It was absolutely Terry Glenn. Sick. Terry Glenn was, yeah. a, oh, was a stud I mean, too. Yeah. Joe Germain. Look, I live in Ohio. Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fink, Finkus. Uh, <laughs> Finkus. I, I did a lot of shots. Uh, with <laughs> I, I, these Ohio State teams are well burned to my brain uh, because of where I live at. Um, and it, it's okay. So this was a huge game. Huge, huge, huge game. Uh yeah, and it ended very poorly. <laughs> 45-26 in Columbus. Uh, it, it just it derailed everything. It, it, and now, and it, now you've got you're at September 30th. You've just gotten hosed by Ohio State. Northwestern hasn't beat anyone of consequence, so you're you're three and two, and and you're still ranked, which is like I think this goes a long way towards the how it takes years for kind of teams to bleed out of the, the scenario of like, Oh, they're Clemson. They'll be fine. Or, Oh, they're Florida state. They'll be fine. And you're just kind of like, you're sitting there going, well, they're three and two and number 23. And like, you know, some team that's five and O isn't getting, even getting a look, you know, I, I feel like that was Notre Dame in the, the mid nineties. Oh, Oh, they're Notre Dame. They'll bounce. They're, they'll be good at the end of the year. You know, this is, they've lost twice, but they'll be a 10 and two team. But, you know? but to, I mean, to Notre Dame's credit, though, they did bounce back. Yeah. They, they they went undefeated the rest of the season. They went out to Washington, beat a 15th-ranked Washington team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just barely – this is the uh, the Ivory Covington <laughs> save. This is the Ivory Covington game, Army, yeah. Army right after that. But then you played a fifth-ranked USC team uh, at home, but you were a top-five team. You beat them, fucking crushed them, 38-10. to 10. Yeah, Mark Edwards said how many TDs in this game? This is a like a three TD game for Mark this Edwards, is a right? This is, yeah, this is a monster. This is what this is when Mark Edwards went the fuck off. He went off on USC, and then against Boston College, like that whole first series another name had Mark Edwards. I think they touched the ball on every single play, just march it down. It was either a fullback dump or a fullback dive, and they went all the way down against BC, beat them. Wait, wait, wait. It was a. 
And of so course, everybody was worried about Keyshawn, right? That was a Keyshawn year, I'm thinking. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, they did bounce back. I mean, they, they ratted off, right. what was that, six wins in a row. And so you're sitting there at nine and two. You have a, a, a shit loss at the beginning of the season against Northwestern. And you had a, a terrible loss against Ohio State uh, in Columbus. So you're, you're nine and two. I mean, it's not a bad year. It's just no. a year where you look you look back, and again, it's strange because there's no Michigan, no Michigan State. You you do you still played uh, three Big Ten opponents. You know you only beat you lost to one, you only beat one by a touchdown, and then you lost you got housed by another one. That's not a good look, uh, especially for the for Notre Dame. Back then, it was like your big 10 slate, you had to wipe them out. Right, Jude. Right. right. How you did against the big 10 kind of was how you were able to strut around. I mean, I mean, no shit the rest of the season because you only had a handful. So you really had to handle them to, you know, to make, to, you know, make your noise, especially with the way like polls work and all that stuff, but they still ended up number eight or excuse me, number six, six. Yeah. You know, because yeah, they, they they wiped out Air Force and and this is a funny this is, they ended their season because this is another thing that we're going to get into too about how Notre Dame ends their seasons they ended it on the road but because this is an odd year this isn't like so this is before uh, obviously we didn't play date, Stanford what date did they end it on November eighteenth November and that 18th. was after and that was after a bye week at, they played Navy on November fourth yeah then they had a bye week and then they. <laughs> They traveled out to Colorado Springs uh, to play Air Force and beat them 44-14. That, that's it. There's your end of the season. The week before. Uh, they took uh, no weeks off between September 2nd and November 4th and then took a bye week and then took a bye week at the end, which is just, in, I, I don't know. It's insane. And it, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like remember, a bye obviously. week between Washington and Army or Army and USC or Ohio State and Washington. A bye week in there makes at least Ooh, yeah. USC is anywhere else other than a bye right before your last game. Of the season. You get beat up. You get go to Ohio Stadium, get beat up in Columbus, come back, have a week to turn around, lick your wounds, go to Husky Stadium and play a 15th rank Washington. Yeah. If there was any place that was screaming for a bye, it was right there. Um, right. And, you know, to, to Holtz's credit, and again, these were not signature Holtz years. And right. a lot of people whitewash the whole Holtz, Holtz era. I get it. Uh, and it makes no sense to do it now. Uh, but these were not good Holtz years. But to his credit, he was he was able to keep two weeks of disaster from happening a lot of times. You know, I think we've gotten used to kind of like a, a carryover effect. And it certainly happened starting with Davey. Uh, <laughs> you know, multiple games losing in a row. You've had a lot more confidence with Holtz um, back then that you weren't going to lose that that next game, no matter who it was. Um, and you know, going on the road to play a top fifteen team uh, all the way across the country—that's tough, man. That's especially after getting your ass kicked on the road. That's tough. So, to his credit, he was able to to turn that around. I I don't know quite know how Washington ended that season. Uh. Yeah, they they weren't quite as quite that good. Seven, seven four, four and one. Four. Yeah. yeah, they were all right. It's so, still a tough road. A little bit of intrigue here, right? 
which is at the end of the season, you've got the Notre Dame, as we mentioned, I think is nine and two. They're not going to play for the national championship, not only because they've lost twice, but also because there's two undefeated teams that are going to play for the national championship. We have a true national championship game, a number one versus number two, number one in Nebraska is 11 and 0 number two, Florida state, or I'm sorry, Florida apologize, who is going to play in the Fiesta bowl, who has the first two picks, which is great. So that's out of the way. And now the next two picks go to the orange bowl. They've got the third, well, they have the third and fifth selections and sugar bowl is the fourth and sixth selections. So the Orange Bulls, what they want is Notre Dame-Miami. And so they're looking at Notre Dame-Miami, and guess what happens the Friday before they go to announce uh, the, the bowl selections? Miami, Miami? Gets, a, gets a recruiting violation, uh, is told that they have to go through a one-year bowl ban, and decides to take it immediately. <laughs> so Miami's out of the picture now. And so you can't Which is have smart that. because if, if you're Miami, then you're still thinking about national championships and you're not playing for one that year. You're, so you're, you're like, not. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're not playing for national championship. They were the co East champions. So Virginia Tech now is sli- is sliding in um, because they were the they were the other team that was the co and they're going to go to the sugar and Notre Dame's going to play Florida State uh, in the in the Orange Bowl because the tie in with the ACC. Right. So. Um, so that, that worked out, but, uh, it was just, you could have had, I don't know if it was Notre Dame, Miami or Miami, Florida state, but that's what they, they were angling for Miami. So, um, I just thought that was really interesting that that basically got blown up in their faces two days before because the NCAA was like, Hey, here's this major violation. We want to drop on this (laughs) 10 in one team. And they're like, we'll take it. They'll take it now. I mean, could you, if I remember right, they were. They were pushing hard for Miami, Florida State for the rematch. Yeah, maybe that's what and, it was. You know, with it being the Orange Bowl, uh, you know, it's all in all in Florida, and as big as that Florida State Miami was, and you know, if you guys don't know Miami, and you should, Miami Florida State is fucking huge. Even as their trash teams, is huge in that state. It is a it's a big time rivalry um, that. That could be in t- could be insane if these two teams could ever get their shit together again. Uh, but for what for whatever re- they that's, this was the game the Orange Bowl was trying to get. They're basically trying to get a rematch. Where sometimes you're not trying to get a rematch. They, I think they were all in on that. From what I remember, I, I remember those. Well, it would make sense because this is a lot. this is the last game that gets played in the Orange Bowl. So I would think Miami Florida State would be a huge draw for the last game in the Orange Bowl, right? Because now they're going to move it to to, uh, what they call pro player stadium or what they call maybe. Yeah, it's pro player at that time, I think. So Joe Robbie, whatever they're calling it now. I'm not even I'm not even 100 percent sure. Uh, Hard rock, hard rock, hard rock. Yeah. Just not a good place to play football. (laughs) No, Lanch. Oh, there's Landshark Stadium for a while, too. Never mind. That's that's a totally different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I still call it Land Shark Stadium. So I, I want to find that guy that he still calls it that way. Yeah. So the so the season ends badly. I mean, so they lose yeah. the Florida State 31-26. It's a decent game. I mean, it's not a it's not a typical Notre Dame uh, <laughs> New Year's Six game. <laughs> they were very much in this football game. Uh, it was a close loss. Bobby Bowden got him. And this was at the end of this was the, um, uh, you know, what I called this, the a little R rivalry. That's kind of what ha- what ended up developing there. You know, 
in, in just in that short time span uh, in the mid nineties. And it, it was a I mean, it, it was a big deal. And especially after really, it was extremely disappointing off the jump, right. With Northwestern. And then, you know, just, you go to, you go to Ohio state thinking, all right, you have a chance to really beef it up. You get your butts handed to you. Even all those wins in a row, even beating a fifth ranked USC team, it was very much a demoralized type of fan base. The Lou Boo Birds were out in full force this season. This, you know, if they were didn't come out in '94, which they should have, because uh, of how bad '94 season was, it was out in '95. There was a lot of talk about about what if Lou was in over his head, if he if his offense was prehistoric. All sorts of things going on there. Uh, if you you got to think if he could have got that win against Florida State in the bowl game, you know you're you're looking at a top five, top four finish. That kind of that that pretty much shuts it all up, right? Like that. Yeah, and I think I think when people talk today about you know you've lowered the standards and stuff like that, I think they're thinking about this this amazing stretch run of nine consecutive January first bowl games. Right. That ends here in this with this 95 game, Um, you know, it's 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 not nothing to uh, to have achieved that that level of, um, you know, well, with the assist for the for the six, four, one Fiesta Bowl game. But, you know, it's it's people are this is like uh, how Nebraska was treating Bo Pelini. People are just saying, you know, nine and three ain't good enough. Um, you know, there's no reason we should ever lose our bowl game. Um, and we shouldn't have lost to Northwestern in the beginning of the year. And we're clearly not in the tier of Ohio state. And, you know, and, and this is, it's kind of a lot of the, the, the arguments that you hear today are kind of, I would think mapped onto this 95 squad. And so there's this idea in 96, like, where are we going with this? Right. Is this right. Like, is Lou, is Lou past his prime? Is it time to jettison him? Um, because again, he hasn't brought us anywhere closer to, to 93 and now on the heels of 94, as you just said, this is beginning to be really unacceptable. Absolutely. So, all right, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to step into, I, I think 90 and 96, if you think it was strange there, if you think things were a little odd in 95, I, I think it's, I think it gets worse. <laughs> It gets stranger in 96 uh, and it really gets buck wild. So uh, just hold tight and we'll be right back. All right. So, man, I, I feel kind of exhausted with 95. I mean, that's just researching that, that uh, thinking about those scenarios. And, And I think what we're doing here, Jude, with, with talking about two seasons, it, you know, you almost are talking about four seasons, right? Because you, you're you're definitely talking about the '94 season leading into '95. It's all these things kind of all mesh into together. Like one thing, you know, one thing goes leads into and the next. When you and we'll talk about this at the end of the '96 season, but when you hear people nowadays say we should never accept a bull bid if it isn't the top tier bull or whatever. This is a direct result of what happens in 96 and 1997. So it, I, I totally agree with you. It, like it's, it's important to have the context of 94 and I think a little bit of 97 to kind of understand how weird 95 and 96 were. 
Yeah, it's fucking strange. So let's let's get into it. And so 1996, again, this is a season with no Michigan and no Michigan State. So, again, this is on my radar. This is like ping, 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 ping. Alarm bells are ringing, sir, everywhere. Uh, just not having that on there from this time period. It's just it's it's so foreign to me. Uh, but it gets a little stranger because Notre Dame starts the season on a Thursday on the road at Vanderbilt. Yeah. A Thursday. Yeah. Very weird. Now, I'm at, I, I don't quite remember the reaction back then uh, to this, but imagine if Notre Dame had a Thursday game scheduled in 2021. I'm, how do you think that goes? How do you think that Thursday, goes with the fans? I mean, Thursday feels like Tuesday, right? Like, it's just like, what are we playing a Mac team? Uh, is Toledo on the schedule all of a sudden? Right. And, you know, and Thursday, actually, I mean, to its credit, Thursday used to be a really good game, right? Because there wasn't all this matching going on all week. And, and right. Thursday was one game. It wasn't like five games. There wasn't any Friday games that was still reserved for high school football alone. So th- the Thursday game was a, was a concept that came about to kind of like prop up like some good teams that weren't, you know, on TV a lot uh, for the most part. And, and I thought they did a really good job with that with, for about 10 years or so. I th- the Thursday night games are great. Well, uh, they were but, trying to get they were trying to get Thursday night to come back. If I from our correctly, that was the Adam Amin, Pat uh, McAfee, uh, McAfee. What, what's his name? Pat, uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. That was the game that they were doing on Thursdays, right? And he did it with like Mac Brown the year before. Wasn't wasn't right. that a Thursday night game? So yeah, but I mean, like they're still trying to make it, Thursday it's, happen. It's, is what I'm trying to say. It's got a different connotation now than it used to. Yeah, it's more like Pac-12 after dark uh, than <laughs> it is like. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to characterize this Notre Dame Vanderbilt game. This is another one that I would love to know more about. Like, how did this come to be? Like. Was this always going to be scheduled or is it like, surprise, Notre Dame, hey, we just accepted this, uh, you know, like this is like Vanderbilt's doing and Notre Dame's like, what the, uh, you know? And I wonder how that nine day break between the first and second game went if Lou Holtz was trying to spin that as like a positive, you know? Because yeah, I, I, don't I think know. The, t- the time to do a Thursday game is definitely the first week. You don't want to do it. Well, you don't want to be fooling around with a Thursday game the eighth week, you know? And the, I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was kind of good for Lou in a way. It didn't really hurt Notre Dame. Look, they only beat Vanderbilt 14 to seven. And again, this is not James Franklin Vanderbilt. This is very shit, oh, terrible Vanderbilt. Right. Um, and so, and Notre Dame came into the season miraculously ranked six in the country. I mean, I, I get it. You, you had a close loss against ranked as being a number of six ranked team against Florida state in the orange bowl, but there's just, I don't know, like ranking them number six before the season. It, it felt a little strange. Well, you've got um, Ron, you got, I mean, you got Ron Paulus coming back right. uh, for his third year. I, I, I just, you know, you probably got a lot of pieces in place, returning starters. So maybe that's what they were. I don't know. Or classic overrating Notre Dame, you know, which is all too familiar for people who don't root for Notre Dame. So, yeah. So again, so, you know, just having that close win, you know, for a guy like Lou, who's trying to like, dig in and get the most out of guys that's kind of good for him because now he now he has something to really fucking uh preach about uh, you know at practice so you start so then you get purdue and 
you, you, I mean, you, you beat the shit out. It, it's Purdue. It's, it's, na- it's nasty, dirty Purdue. And the uh, only thing, what's... only thing to say about this game is <laughs> Jim Coletto is so terrible that they fire him. <laughs> and Bob Davey was like, I want that guy. For I got to have this. <laughs> I want that guy for my staff. Uh, and he <laughs> hires him uh, to be his, uh, what, what, what did it, what was the offensive coordinator? Right. And he yeah. lasts a whole, whole two seasons. He so. scored. Purdue scored a total of zero points and that's who you want your offensive coordinator to be. That's classic Bob Davey right there. Classic. Classic. Well, and speaking of, so speaking of classic then, so then Notre Dame goes on the road. They go down, down to Austin to take on Texas. Yeah. You have have a classic, uh, it's a, it's a big game. Notre Dame was ranked ninth, um, at the time. And, And yeah, I'm sorry. They, they did drop. They dropped from sixth to ninth after that uh, Vanderbilt win, uh, which was ugly. Uh, so you have a ninth-ranked Notre Dame team taking on a sixth-ranked Texas team, and this was a big win. This was a huge. How many points did they score there at the uh, in the last minute and a half or two minutes, whatever it was? Uh, I don't know. We're stuck on that. Okay, but. <laughs> Sorry, it, you hit me with a question I wasn't prepared for. I Greg would know because he did a deep dive on this game for UHND. So um, this is a it's a fun one. This is where Jim Stanson is actually a hero. Uh, yeah, this Ricky is Williams, where, Priest Holmes, I remember. This that was game's a game. been on YouTube for a long time. Yeah. It's, yeah. If, you're looking, if you're looking for to watch a good classic Notre Dame victory. Oh, and uh, this is the one where Keith Jackson sounds so pissed off that Notre Dame He's wins so at the pissed. end. He's like, and Samson puts it through the uprights. Notre Dame wins. <laughs> Nothing's better than Keith Jackson pissed about Notre Dame. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you just don't get that kind of quality bias, like hidden like that anymore. It's either like completely out there. I don't know. Something about Keith Jackson was just the best because Notre Dame fans all knew he, that he hated them. And it was, I enjoyed Keith Jackson games for that reason. Like a good Notre Dame-Michigan game where you know he's fucking pulling hard. Or a Notre Dame-USC game, especially, uh, when he's pulling hard for SC. Uh, there's nothing better than hearing the disappointment in Keith Jackson's voice. Yeah, Notre Dame came from 24-17 down with, looks like, uh, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it quality. Autry Denson uh, was a beast. Um, it's yeah, a thanks. good time. Uh, Greg, Greg, uh, from our, our buddy from UHND wrote, uh, wrote about this game right when, uh, the quarantine was starting. So mid March, uh, when, he, when we had nothing to do, we were just watching a bunch of old games. So I definitely suggest watching the game and then uh, checking out his article because it's a good one. It's a fun one. And try not to think about what happens next week. The following. Yeah. And so just dip it on into that nonsense. So now you have this huge win on the road against Texas, number six ranked Texas. And now, so you're ranked in the top five at number five. And now comes the number four ranked Ohio state Buckeyes. You're looking to avenge You're three and oh, you're feeling good. You got yourself a big win on the road. Here comes Ohio state. You're looking for some, I mean, just good old fashioned, sweet revenge for the ass stopping in Columbus uh, it's a huge game. This is game days there. Uh, this, this was a big deal. And again, it ends in bitter disappointment. 
Uh, I shouldn't be laughing because this is. I mean, John Cooper is not a good football coach. It's a huge burr in my saddle that they have not beaten Ohio State since 1935. I mean, I obviously realized that it didn't play for years and years and years, but still, this 90 losing both the 95 and 96 games hurts, and then compounded by the fact they lost in 2006 and 2000. Well, 15 season 2016. Ugh, so bad, so bad. It's atrocious, and yeah. So, I mean, this. This felt worse than the one in Columbus. This this wasn't as bad as a loss as the uh, as the game in Columbus. Right. But it felt worse because it it took away everything. So you you're still at that time, you know, you're still only 3 years removed from Notre Dame's National Championship 1993 season. You know, so National Championship hopes are high. But this is also the time, you know, this is called the time in college football where one loss and you're done. I mean, yeah. you could basically Unless you were crying to a reporter after the game, you could pretty much forget forget about uh, you know much hope you know going into it. It's just, it's just a it's a hard time. It's a it's a very cutthroat. Well, there was, uh, there was so country. many good teams too. There was Nebraska, uh, Florida, Florida State, uh, Miami, yeah, the, Ohio the State. Like parity in college football back then seemed to be a little better, right? Like, and spread, so that's why spread out a little more nationally. I have to imagine after this loss, they were like, well, that was our shot. You got to beat the top. You got to be another top five team if you want to win. And not for nothing, but Lou used to do this. Right. And in championship years, he did this regularly. Um, so I think this was a, was a sign that, you know, this it probably was not meant to be in 1996. Right. So they did a little better than the <laughs> than in 95 where you, you got yourself a bye week. Before I was you say, out. They finally took that bye week before they came back to uh, they played another game against Washington, right? Right. So and this and this is it. I mean, with the final, I mean, this was the only, this was the last ranked team on Notre Dame's schedule that year. Uh, so you you play a 16th ranked Washington team, which by the way was leaps and bounds better than the previous year when they were ranked 15th. This is a Washington team that went nine and three. They were they're a pretty solid squad. Led by uh, and, Brock Heward, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the uh, he has a he has to have a classic grudge against ND. Uh, but uh, anyways, Notre Dame goes out there and they fucking they skull fuck him. I mean, they absolutely hammer him fifty four to twenty. And I, not to not to ruin the rest of the season we're talking about, but Notre Dame goes out to Washington and beats them fifty four twenty. No, we'll we'll get to the rest. We'll get to the rest. I. The, the scores this year for Notre, that Notre Dame put up, <laughs> they, are, Dame put up they are is fun. astronomical uh, in uh, many games. Like I really need to look and see what, why they were ranked higher. It had to be in those losses, man, that held them back. Uh, oh, that maybe in that Vanderbilt game. Cause this is, this is one of the highest, highest scoring teams in Notre Dame history. Uh, you, you just look at the scores and you're like, you're blown away. But anyways, well, I think, I, think you, I was going to say, I think talk about next week. And I think you probably understand why. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't, I can't skip as much as I want to. I can't. <laughs> so Notre Dame does that. So, so Lou does it again, right? He's not going to win. He's not going to lose the two games in a row. He lost the big game against Ohio state. Okay. Uh, but he goes out or but Washington comes into town, ranked number 16th and you, you whack him. You absolutely right. whack him. Beat a very good Washington team. Sure. One week later, this feels like a SpongeBob narrator. One week later. Later. 
Air Force comes to town. So here's the good news. We don't have ties in college football anymore. I think that's happened between the 95 and 96 seasons, right? Was 96 yeah. the first year without ties? Uh, I think so. 90, yeah. 94. They definitely had ties. I'd, I'd have to look up 95, but anyways, it's, it's either it's in the first or second year. So great. We're going to settle things on the field. This sounds great. Uh, what, what, uh, air force, uh, they're not very good, right? That's not, uh, that's not a no, team. That's I mean, actually they're, good. They're, they're forward two coming in. Okay. All right. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a, I mean, it's not what, a, what was your favorite air force win before that? Before Notre Dame, was it the Rice <laughs> game? Was it UNLV or San Jose State? Uh, now they they lost to Navy the the week prior, so right. and Notre Dame's going to go beat Navy by twenty seven points. But you know, I mean, weeks. it was a brutal whack. They were in the whack at the time, okay. and their first four games were conference games. That's, that's a tough that's a tough slate for them. Yeah. Now, and, and spoiler alert: uh, Air Force goes six and five, so Ugh. they're four and two. When they come into Notre Dame Stadium, they end up the season six and five. But yeah, if you, if you didn't know what we were getting at, Notre Dame <laughs> loses this game. Uh, was it twenty to seventeen? Uh, so it's just they rush for four hundred yards against Washington, right? And the next week they rush for sixty-seven yards on thirty-seven carries against Air Force. They're starting uh, Air Force's starting nose tackle weighed 225 pounds. 225 and this pounds. This was this was 1996. back. <laughs> this was back in the time period where I mean they'll list weights now when they're showing players, I think. Uh, but this was a time period where you they made a lot out of the size of your offensive line. Like anytime Michigan played or Notre Dame played, uh, schools like that. They'd be like, look at all these 300 pounders across the line here. And so when Notre Dame would play a school like Air Force or like Navy, it's it was just the different. And this is back when the academy's players were even smaller than they are now. Like they're bigger now than they used to be by far. So, yeah, when you're your your defensive linemen are topping out at about 260, which is my weight, I am a. Right now at 6'1", 265, I am a top-tier academy defensive tackle in 1996. <laughs> I, 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 I missed it. I missed it in 20 years. Uh, so so there's a little bit of controversy in this game that I just looked up because I would forgotten about it. Apparently, uh, Ron Paulus finds uh, Ricky Nelson in the back of the end zone. Rakai. He bobbles it. Rakai Nelson, sorry. Uh, bobbles it. And the replays show that the ball never touched the turf, but the official calls an incomplete pass. So they have to settle for a field goal. And Jim, Fan- Jim Sanson, who I was just saying earlier, was a huge hero, uh, shanks, a, shanks a 40, 42-yard <laughs> field goal attempt. So they get zero points. Uh, so that's a problem. That's, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was tragic. It was tragic. It, it, uh Air Force's quarterback it, fin- finished with 183 rushing yards. So apparently, uh, what was his Notre name? What, what, what was his apparently name? Apparently, Bo Morgan was his Bo name. Morgan. That's exactly what. Listen, I I I I knew it was him, but I was not going to call myself out like that and be totally wrong. But the name Bo Morgan, I associate with Air Force all the fucking time. Like anytime I see Air Force, the one of the first things I think of, I think of Bo. Mor- not Lavelle Edwards. 
<laughs> why, why the fuck would I think of that Lavelle? Lavelle was BYU, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I thinking of with Air Force? The long-time coach there. Oh, uh, Fisher DeBerry? Fisher DeBerry, thank you. Yeah. Fisher DeBerry, listen, Fisher DeBerry and Lavelle Edwards are the same same coach. Prove me it's wrong. It's like the, yeah, it's, it's the, uh, the combination. <laughs> but it's, it's, Lavelle DeBerry. Yeah. But it's Bo Morgan, whose name has haunted me all these years. Like, I is totally, if I hear anything about an Air Force quarterback, first thing I do is is my brain instantly goes to Bo Morgan, and that's who I'm comparing it to. It had to be from this game. Uh, haunting. I mean, it just is. It's absolutely haunting. But the most embarrassing thing for Notre Dame was is that you lose to Air Force, and you drop from 8th to 19th. Now you got to get your asses on a fucking plane and go all the way to Ireland to take on another service academy and Navy. And And, and the thing is, the January 1st bowl is now probably out the window, right? Because under the agreement that the bowl bids were going to be extended to the five member conference champions plus five at large teams. So you got to finish. You got to say top 11 or 12 to to be to be uh, considered here. And obviously jumping all the way down to 19. As we saw in the 2019 Notre Dame season, it's hard to come back from uh, number 19 or whatever, number 16, what they were this this past season. Uh, you're kind right. of in no man's land here, you know? Right, but they but they did move up, I mean, unlike unlike Notre Dame last year. I mean, yeah. I, a little they, they were yep. giving them credit for wins. So yeah. they go to Ireland and they they to- look, they go on a tear. They go on a on a uh, what was that? Five game tear, four four game tear here. Against Navy in Ireland, at Boston College, uh, Pitt and Rutgers, they're, they won the games 54-27, 48-21, 60-6, and 62 to nothing. They fucking rolled through this. So they went from 19th to 10th. So they went don't up like- don't let anyone ever tell you that blowouts can't be fun because I was at that 1996 Pittsburgh game and Alan Rossum returned a kick and a punt in the same quarter. I believe it was the second quarter and they scored some like some godly number, like 40 points in the second quarter. And it was just hilarious. I had, you know, it's like, it's like watching uh, a game with like a baseball game with like 10 home runs. It just was, you know, <laughs> Pittsburgh had, had no business being on that field that day. It was just awful for them. Awesome for us. It was. So, look, Notre Dame did exactly what they needed to do. Right. And, mind you, I, I don't quite recall when Lou – when did Lou come out and say this is it? Okay, so the good question. November 19th, which would have been midway between the Pittsburgh game and the Rutgers game. So, the whole season, no one's thinking about this. Now, mind you, there are the, there are calls for Holtz's head sure. by the alumni, by fans. There's also – uh, there's also talks about investigations into, uh, into different things surrounding the Notre Dame football program. Things are, the, the heat is getting turned up. It's swirling. It's yeah. I mean, it is hot in there. And it's, it's not normally this way for a Notre Dame football coach. Uh, I mean, even like Weiss still had a, like a calming storm, even in 09 up until that very last, you know, the last couple of games, you know, when you knew it was over with. Uh, but yeah, so Holtz announces that, you know, that he, he's done after the season right before their, their, uh, you know, senior day, last home game of the year against Rutgers. 
Um, and it, well, I also think it's important to note that Mike Wadsworth was named athletic director in 95, right? So Mike Wadsworth, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't exactly have, a he doesn't have an, he doesn't have a kinship with Holtz. He's not, he's not there to protect Holtz or anything like that. He's there to obviously advance Notre Dame and, and, you know, put them in the best yeah, position. Right. And that's not anything new. Like this, this happens all over the country when there's a change in a, with an athletic director and the head football coach or, or head basketball coach if it's a basketball school. If there's something that's hitting the fan and he's not the guy that you hired, you got nothing riding on him. Right. That ain't, yeah. that ain't your problem. You know, you're like Jack Swarbrook is kind of tied at the hip to Brian Kelly. I mean, he just is. Right. But he also came in and, and dispatched Charlie Weiss in his first year. Right, which is you know kind of in this right. It's what because Charlie Weiss wasn't his problem. He didn't hire right. him exactly, and therefore make, he make, could jettison him when easy. he needed to. Yeah. So, but Notre Dame's still okay. I mean, it is. This isn't like. I mean, this sucks. Notre Dame. There's no national title. Uh, you're but you're sitting at number ten. You're sitting All at right. number ten. So you just got to beat up on a really bad USC team, and you're you're really? definitely in. You're in. You're in the bowl lines. Yeah, you're 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 ranked tenth. You just you just got to get a win. I mean, this is a a five and six, right? Was it a five yeah. and six USC five team? Six. Five and six USC team. I mean, yeah, you got to go out to LA, but you know, you should be able to take care of this. I mean, look what you've been doing. Look at this five game tear you went against inferior competition. But you did lose you got, to Air Force earlier in the year, so you're kind of schizophrenic, right? Right. So, yeah, you're not quite you, you may maybe you're a little bit unsure of yourself, but you would think after those after I, I mean just the I the listen, the amount of rolling Notre Dame did with Navy, BC, Pitt and Rutgers is unheard of. Like, we just do not see that. And by anyway. the way, you you want to get your coach out on a good note, right? I mean, it didn't work yeah. for Jerry Faust, but it should work for Lou Holtz. <laughs> so you, you go out to L.A. and, and you really you're drag tenth. You, you should be taking care of this. Holtz is famous for what? For beating his rivals. Sure. Like whatever you want to whether you want to call it, Michigan State, Purdue. He, he is a rival beater. USC should have no problem. And what happens? As we've seen history tell us, it doesn't. Throw the records out, as Brendan would shout. Brendan would be shouting that right now. Throw the records out. You go out to L.A., you take on USC, you lose 27 to 20. By the way, not only did you lose a football game to a 5-6 and six team against your, or against your rival, you lost about $8 million. That's the projected take that Notre Dame would have gotten for being in the bowl, playing in a bowl alliance game. And then, obviously, we'll talk about this in a second, they'd end up not taking a game. So – Losing that game cost the university and its athletic program eight million dollars. That's a big money back then. I mean, yeah. It's huge. And oh, by the way, <clears throat> you had an eight-point lead with four minutes twenty-nine seconds left in this game, and blew it. I got. I got to pause it's, myself. <laughs> it's basically Texas in reverse, except Texas was a good oh. team. Oh, it's so bad. So, all right. So not only do you have the dynamics of, of all that, but you also have the Bob Davey dynamic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, involved. 
the backstabbing involved, uh, it's pretty things. There's no way this is a good locker room. There just, there's just no way that this, that this locker room has much camaraderie. It just doesn't feel right. Now, you know, I guess I, I could bring on some, you know, some former players from those years and really dive into that stuff. Um, whether they want to talk about it or not, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that's the most interesting. Like, where were where were they mentally this season? Like, with everything went on, like in those last two weeks or those last three weeks, Pitts, Pitt, Rutgers, and USC. Like, where were you mentally? Uh, you know, before you went out to LA. Uh, it's just, I, I don't, I, I still don't get it. All these years later, you look at this season and you don't understand it. And it gets even worse. It, it, I'm taught the season's over, but it gets worse. And Jude, why does it get worse? <laughs> well, because Mike Wadsworth is saying, and this, I, this is why people hate Notre Dame. Listen to this fucking quote. I think it would be in the in long-term interests of college football. I think unless there's greater flexibility, the, so that teams of greater interest can be considered, you're going to wind up seeing some bulls disappearing. So he's basically lobbying, despite Notre Dame's loss, for the Bull Alliance to pick Notre Dame because they would have a bigger draw, right? Bulls this might disappear. Ex- this was exactly the the Fiesta Bowl problem, right? So David you had Hoff, eighteen bull, you had eighteen bulls this season, be, but you know, hey, you might get you might have less bulls if you don't fix this. So a couple of things happened, right? Which is that. Um, uh, Nebraska, who has has no business, uh, or Texas, who has no business beating Nebraska, beats Nebraska in the um, in the the first ever Big Twelve uh, championship game. So that it it a great, moves it, a great thing. It moved it, yeah. It moved another another piece in in kind of not that Notre Dame's fate wasn't already sealed, right? So David Haw writing the day before um, the Fiesta in the Orange and the Sugar picked their team said basically. He's ready for the South Bend Tribune. If somehow the Irish were not eliminated from the pool today, it sends a clear message that the Orange and Fiesta Bulls are more concerned with TV ratings and fan following than arranging the best matchup. That said, it would be the first time the Bulls made a money-minded decision that seems unjust from the outside. Remember the Fiesta Bowl inviting a lousy 6-4-1 ND team in 1994? So that doesn't happen, right? The Bull Alliance holds firm. They pick their teams. And now the but what's strange though is, But what's strange, though, is, is that the Fiesta has no ties, right? But you, wh- there's no way that a 20, wh- you know, where did where did Notre Dame fall after the USC ranking? Uh, because well, they, Texas they was ranked 20th. Texas was ranked fin- 20th. Yeah, they got a seventh ranked Penn State. They team. dropped to 18th. So they took a they took a low they took a a worse ranked Texas team to play the seventh ranked Penn State in the Lions in Nebraska. The, the the other uh, Big Twelve team at the time they were in the, they were in the Orange Bowl to take on Virginia Tech, but I mean so like how does the Fiesta Bowl? I mean that was that a that had, that was a money thing right? I mean Texas isn't a nobody program. It's a right. big blue blood, big money program. So you, they took a team that Notre Dame beat and was worst ranked to play in their bowl game. So. Maybe they were feeling this thing of the Colorado <laughs> of the Colorado ninety four thing still like hey man fuck this uh, I don't know but it just seemed like 
they were I don't, willing to. The other thing is, I don't know that Notre Dame qualified because I read allusions to the fact that something was tied to their their ranking. So maybe they had to finish in the top twelve or fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe the festival was disappointed. I mean, because I mean, it was a route too. I mean, Penn State beat the shit out of Texas. So uh, that was now Notre Dame's in a weird predicament, right? Because. Um, they Wadsworth is already on, on record at the beginning of the year saying, I'm not taking a bowl unless the opponent is a quality team that can improve our ranking. Right. And so there's not a team, there's not a matchup out there where there, where there's another ranked team to play to have another name move up. Right. So they also know that if you're in a non, uh, Alliance bowl, you get about a $1.5 million payout and Notre Dame right now is co- it's costing them about a million dollars to play in, in a, in a, in a non-alliance it's in any bowl. So, uh, you know, a million dollars when you get $8 million back, no big deal, obviously. Right. But a million dollars when you get 1.5 million back is a little bit of an issue. So independence wants them real bad. They want to match them up. I think with Auburn, uh, copper wants them. They got, they get with the Wisconsin and Aloha wants them. And they want to match him up with Cal, who's who's unranked. And so Notre Dame basically says, no, thanks. Now, this the, is funny because the big, Lou the Holtz, big play. W- Lou Holtz ahead, is like, he's done with it. Lou Holtz yeah. is done with it. Rod Paulus is done with it. Mike Wadsworth is done with it. Bob Davey is definitely not done with it. Bob Davey definitely wants to go play a bowl game um, because he thinks it'll get a, 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 give him a head start for 1997. Good for um, Bob. Yeah. But. I mean, that's what, that's what you should do. This, this is absolutely insane. It's absolutely an, fucking insane. An eight and three team not playing in an a bowl game. That's, that's crazy. Now, look, again, there was only 18. This is not the 40 bowl season that we've all come to know right. and love. There is only 18 bowl games. This is played on December 31st. So, yes, it's not a January 1st bowl game. It's December 31st. It, the Independence Bowl was not the Independence Bowl of today. It, it was a lot more like the Camping World Bowl or the Citrus Bowl today. I mean, the Citrus Bowl was a much, much better bowl game back then. So this this wasn't a crap bowl per se. I would have watched. Aub- I would have watched Auburn in '96. Auburn in '94 was better than uh, 2019 Iowa State. So what's <laughs> correct? Like the Wikipedia entry. This is the. This is why people. This is one of the many reasons why people hate Notre Dame. You just look at the Wikipedia entry for the 1996. Just reading this right here, I googled Notre Dame no bowl game 1996, and it gives you the little wiki thing. Despite right. finishing the regular season eight and three, Notre Dame did not play in a bowl game. The Fighting Irish turned down an invitation to play the Auburn Tigers in the Independence Bowl, believing that Auburn was an unworthy opponent and that the Independence Bowl was an unworthy bowl destination, which is hey, funnier. Josh, shit. funny. What do we play? Funny you should ask. Where did we play a bowl game the following year, 1997? Uh, the Independence Bowl against the team. Oh, okay. <laughs> did we play Auburn or did we play another SEC team? I can't recall. Oh, you played LSU, a team you already played that season. Was it a retread of a game you had already played previously in that yes, year? It most definitely was. Now, the difference, that it, to I guess, to give Wadsworth credit, quote-unquote, LSU was ranked. Notre Dame was not. Obviously, if they had beaten LSU a second time, uh, maybe they sneak back into the to the rankings. So there was it wasn't like they were taking a game against an unranked team. But having said that, like you can't be snobby <laughs> and say you're unworthy in 96. But, oh, please take us 97. I mean, clearly this it was a huge this is a huge PR 
bumble on their names part that they did. I don't think that they thought this through enough. Wadsworth, I don't think, look, Auburn is a program is a, is a proud football program. It's also one that's been mired in controversy for 30, 40 years. And if we are, you know, look at the 93 season when, Notre, when I claim it as a national championship, I have many others uh, in that support of that. Not, <laughs> Auburn in 1993 was on probation, no TV. They went fucking undefeated. And for they have a there's a lot of bad blood between Auburn fans and Notre Dame fans stemming a lot from that. Just kind of like a breath. You know, Auburn, will, Auburn fans would be quick to point out the, the years they're on probation, they should have won the national championship. But this is just a chance to play. Not only that, it's a team you have never played before. And it's a big name. It's just, it's an absolute bungle. They end up putting uh, a 24th ranked army team uh, against that Auburn. That team was legit uh, though. That was a 10 and one legit. team. Yeah. Auburn beat them 32, 29. It was a good game. Uh, but this, you go to your bowl games. This, this would not be a question anywhere else with an eight and you know eight and three record. This is not. A, this isn't a question. This is like when Bobby Knight refused to like take Indiana to the NIT. <laughs> this, this is. And this all ties in, right? Because there's so many double sweater, you know, Notre Dame fans out there. You, you you love IU basketball. You love Notre Dame football. I, I I can't stand it. But that's there's a lot of that out there. This is the same attitude and same bullshit. Uh, and. It just it doesn't do anything for your program. Yes, you're switching coaches and all that. You still go play your damn bowl game. Right. If you're if you're gonna play the card of independent and you know all that stuff, you cannot you 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 cannot have all this other stuff to pile on on you. And you could say, oh bullshit. All right. Well, how well is Notre Dame? How well did Notre Dame do for the next decade? You know? <laughs> I mean, I, honestly. It all ties in, and you're so, absolutely right. We you say it, you say it's an unworthy bowl game, but then you go and play in the same fucking bowl game the next year. So I want to ask you a question. In in 2009, do you think they erred by not going to a bowl game when they were six and six, and, and Weiss had been shown the door? Yes, you go. Yeah. I, I, I that that was my opinion then. Like I am under the opinion, if if you qualify for a bowl game, you fucking go. Because it's yeah, not any different than firing Ty in 2004 and Kent Bear takes him to the Insight Bowl, right? right? Yeah, you go. And yeah. you know, people say, well, you know, if you're looking for the extra practice and all that, you know, it's your different coaches. Okay, but it's the experience. It, I'm not talking about the swag the kids get. And I'm it's not like about, they weren't losing 17 bowl games in a row at that point. It's not like you could right. make that record worse. You you go to your you, you just you go to your bowl game. Yeah, that just that's what you do. Um, you know, this could have been a year where Notre Dame, at least you know if, if they would have beat Auburn, uh, at least your streak because you know you were in the middle of a bowl losing streak. Right. Uh, you know, at least the streak so doesn't. In, in, in two thousand eight, when the Aloha Bowl, we could have talked about the last one being in uh, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, so. I mean, this thing, this thing has you know, and who knows what happens after that? I mean, sure. that, that's the thing. You know, one thing leads to another. Um, you know, all the time, but. Yeah, you go play in your bowl games. And yeah, in 2009, I was all over it. I was like, no, you go fucking play. I don't care if Clawson and Tate were done. Then don't play them. Right. I mean, you know, you know if, if, if they back, you know, I don't, that's why I don't mind if players don't play in their bowl games now. I'm like, all right, that's fine. It is a meaningless game. 
to you and to like the overall state of things, but like for your program, some of these things, these things kind of matter that like you want your players to, to travel these things and get prepared. There's freshmen on that team that we're going to have to make a contribution to sophomores in 97. You want them to get used to practicing that late in the season to traveling to, you know, to get used to, you know, some of that stuff, regardless of having a new coach. And, you know, by the way, it was going to be Bob Davey. I mean, Bob Davey was going to be the guy that take him to the bowl game. And then Bob Davey is going to be your fucking coach next year anyway. So that makes even less sense not to play. In the right. Game. Well, that's, and that's, what's different than the 2009, right? Cause you don't have, right. you don't have a coach in waiting on the staff. Um, right. Although like, I would love to hear your insight about who, who might've coached that bowl game. If they I was just going to ask you the that. same question. <laughs> Brian Pulling, Cause he's just, a, he's just about to get a job with Nevada or I was going to say Pullian. I was yeah. absolutely going to say, Oh, Nevada I, doesn't come till years later. I'm sorry that he goes to Stanford between that. I forgot, but I was going to, so, but I was going to say Polian probably. I, I, yeah, no way. Randy Hart lines up <laughs> that coach there. I, I, I gotta say it's Polian for sure. Or, uh, Rob, maybe Rob Ionello. I mean, he's, he's got the a title assistant head coach for offense. Well, I there mean, you go. There you go. Yeah, it would have been it would have either been Ionello or or Pulley. Tanuta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would not even have go. Tanuta when they this? got on the play of the bowl game. Who's could that? You have, could you have Brian Kelly coach the game? Because he gets hired in early December, right? You know, didn't who? Somebody did that. Didn't somebody they? did do that, didn't they? I it feel like the that was the thing, thing that I got seen. dumb. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, Notre Dame doesn't have Barry Alvarez stashed away as their AD just to break <laughs> out. Yeah. As your as your bowl head coach in, in need. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how great of a program really is Wisconsin? Like when your coaches leave, you just pull your AD down. Hey, go, go play this bowl game for us. Yeah. He's like, he's good. I, I mean, it. my, my, my story about Kent bear is he missed a, he missed a insight bowl practice. Cause he was interviewing for another job. Like <laughs> that's gotta be a low point. I, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know. That. Yeah. That's a low point. <laughs> So I guess, look, the whole point of this is just to point out to you, everybody, how absurd these two seasons were and, and everything involved. The, the schedule d- didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the way they went about everything just is strange. And keep in mind, it, it, it all, we, you know, Jude, I keep saying it, this, there's an effect that goes down the road. So like Air Force on the road. That was the I think that was the last time Notre Dame uh, played a non-Stanford team on the road to end of the season. I, well, I mean per, Purdue, per, in Purdue, Purdue in 2001. Yeah, yeah that was that was a weird situation. Yeah, it wasn't scheduled that way. Yeah. Yep. That way. Yep. So I mean, the, the, all this stuff add, starts adding up to what the schedule turned into for the next decade. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's freaking wild. The, the Ohio state stuff, the, it, those two games alone, Steen, I mean, still to this day, uh, mainly with two, uh, add two festival losses to, to those as well. But like <laughs> Notre Dame's tradition of beating Washington, no matter what is, is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what? Don't, don't hate can, that. J- Jimmy Lake may beat us in recruiting, but they will not beat us on the field. It just, it will not happen. <laughs> Like, like something go and you know, Notre, I don't know how many times Notre Dame and Washington have played. It, it seems like it's, it's more, they've played more than what they actually have. 
but within the last, you know, 25 years, they've they've played, you know, a fair number of of times, and Notre Dame just keeps beating them. It just keeps happening. Uh, 09 was the wildest uh, one of all, which was a fantastic game we did a game watch for. Um, but I don't know, man. There's just so much involved here. You know, a trip to Ireland was in all this. Uh, you know, Lou yeah. Holtz last, last year t- telling a bowl game to go that they're you they're not worthy of your presence. Uh, losing to USC, a terrible USC team. I mean, just. Oh, they're wow. so involved in these two years. It's I mean, insane. could you could you man manage the heads that would have exploded if you had lost to USC in 2012? I mean, it would it would have saved you. You wouldn't have known it, but it would have saved you from the from the death bucket that was Alabama. But I I mean, that team was as bad as the ninety who, the ninety six team. Who would have Notre Dame played in 2012 if they would have lost to USC? Who what would their bowl game have been? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I should know this. Well, who, um, did Can- who did Kansas State end up playing? Fiesta Bowl, right? Uh, they got they got waxed too, didn't they? Let me look here. Oh, I always got to pick the next year. I always forget. Uh, Oregon beat them thirty-five seventeen. They were both eleven and one teams. Yeah, that's probably where they go, right? I felt like I felt like I did that that research for another story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But Oregon yeah, was, so, was the at-large selection, so Notre Dame versus K-State, maybe? Because they, they, because the Orange had to take Northern Illinois, right? Yeah, they were, there was something, there was something there, right? Yeah, they were ranked fifteenth. They were a group of five. See, right there, this is why you know it sucks. I remember Herbie going because, nuts about that. Well, Herbie was like, the, "This is ridiculous." Get the layups in the and the big, like the Orange Bowl. Like, there's a lot of times it's a layup for one of the teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Sugar Bowl was like UConn, Wake Forest, remembering <laughs> some weird Orange Bowl teams in the 2000, early late 2000s, early 2010s. Oof. Yeah, so the Sugar Bowl was Louisville and Florida, uh, which I mean Louisville, number 21 ranked Louisville, beat a number three Florida squad. Right. Um, but man, that was wild. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Stanford beat Wisconsin. I think that that was a Barry Alvarez year, wasn't it? I don't know. There was definitely one of them. That feels right. Yeah. I think that I don't know. That was uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. 2013 Rose Bowl, Barry Alvarez. <laughs> fucking pull, just pull. If, if Wisconsin's in the Rose Bowl, Barry Alvarez breaks out his fucking coaching britches. Like the visor, here it comes right. <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So yeah, those two years were wild, man. 95, 96. And it just, he actually it, won the what, one in he won the one in 2014, which is crazy. Oh, that's he won right. The Outback Bowl. That was the Gary Anderson year, right? Uh, yeah, Gary that's, that's, that feels right. Leave. Yep, Gary Anderson. Yep. Good call. I love it. I'm up on my on my Wisconsin. Hey, hey guys, I don't have a replacement coach yet, but don't even worry about it because here I come. I, I got it. You just I you can just see it. him turn up the drawer, pulling out the fucking whistle. Just it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and he's still there. He can do it anytime. I love it. <laughs> Your replacement coach is a Hall of Fame coach. Just just sitting there in the you know just waiting. He's uh, sitting on the bench. Old school veteran. 
So yeah, I mean, again, this, the, the stones the it must back. take to say my team's in the Rose Bowl. Let me just go coach them. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, like, can you imagine Jack Swarbrick coaching a, a squad? Well, I mean, it's a little bit different, right? Barry yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot different. Yeah. But I'm just saying. It's, yeah. It's, it's something. No, I, can't, I can't see Jack Swarbrick. He's like, uh, playbook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we got here? We're not going to see. I, I mean, we're just not going to see something like this the whole time. I mean, there's just so much involved there. I mean, the Thursday night game is another one. Can we talk uh, a little bit about the modern? I know we said we wouldn't talk about it, but can we talk a little bit about that? I am. I, for one, am disappointed that Matt Campbell will not get a chance to beat Iowa. And is what fourth attempt at this. Um, so you, you can so you can scold him. <laughs> so yeah, I can, so you scold so I can continue to say, why do you want this guy who cannot beat his rival? <laughs> I haven't heard one peep about Matt Campbell from Notre Dame fans since since the, the waxing, the 33 and I waxing. No, let's correct ourselves since the fucking now named cheese it bowl. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. We were one year too late on the cheese it bowl. I was also wrong about, um, uh, Notre Dame ended the season, uh, 2003. They, that was the year they did the, uh, they were at Stanford, but they played Syracuse, which I know you, Oh God. Know this very that well. game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah December six was the last, yeah. was the last game. Yeah. So good news. It was 72 degrees inside the carrier dome. Bad news. Walter Reyes ran for five touchdowns. Was on fire. <laughs> Brady Reyes Quinn was, was not fire. Brady Quinn yet. So he was garbage. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's giving it the old freshman try. Yeah. I, you know what? I got to stop attending Notre Dame Syracuse games. Cause I also was at the 2008 game where they'd already fired Greg Robinson, but yet he was still the coach and Charlie Weiss managed to lose to that garbage team too. So somehow, somehow we got Manti Teo after that game. I, don't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even believe it. So. That's uh that that's a quality recruiting. I mean, some fans would wish that that, that would still happen. I mean, you know, they willing to trade uh, Brian Kelly for Charlie Weiss, some recruiting wins for some <laughs> terrible losses. I don't know. What's more important. Yeah. What's more important to you right now? I, it, it, this, if this season actually comes about, I, it'll be very weird not to see Notre Dame and USC play each other. I don't Notre Dame Stanford. It's just too new. Like it, it, it just, I, I get that they've played every year since whatever, whatever year, but 97, but Notre Dame USC is just, that's crazy to think that that won't, that won't be a game this year or possibly any game this year. And I also want to talk about Sean Crawford applying for a seventh year of eligibility. Do you think like, is there a, is this, is there a scenario where he comes back for a seventh year? I know Brent and I like to joke. Don't about you? This. Well, I mean the Irish illustrated, like Tim Priester was like, he's not coming back. I don't know about that. I need, mean, what you know, else is going to do? At the risk of making the same dumb joke two weeks in a row. A lot of people come back to school for or a lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Crawford's well on his way. I mean, he just counted. The, I, mean, I mean, I thought it was it's a little not a bad. It's not a bad was, deal. For Sean. I thought it was a little rude to for Brendan to put him on the cover of AARP magazine. But, you know, you come back for a seventh year of college. Uh, well, well, I that was a uh, emperor directive <laughs> when he was sniffing around for things. I said AARP. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, one other thing I, I want to bring up, and I don't know why, but I, I literally wrote it down middle of the day today. So, 
this, this is going to sound stupid. I haven't really thought it through, but I did write it down. Uh, it's the middle of the day. I, I'm, I'm just like scrolling through TikTok, right? Yeah. And and I come across uh, a video about a uh, Mastercraft boats, like okay. going from like what it looked like 40 years ago to what it looks like now. But the song they used was uh, was an old Dire Straits, "Money for Nothing," mm-hmm. and it was it was just they they started it right at the the end of the very slow part, and then was just looking at the old boat, and then when it kicks into the to the you know hard the hard riff, it goes to the new boat. Yeah, I fucking felt that. Like I just was like, <laughs> it just it had me, man. Like, so I ended up listening to that song like three more times. I went over to, you know, on Apple Music and put that on. Listen, like three times. And especially just like that, that transition in the intro. Did it, a uh, lot of, is, there, is there some kind of weird story about that song? Like Sting ended up making more money than Dire Straits because like they paid him to do that. I want my, I want my MTV. Is that, that a Sting? Might, that, uh, I think that's Sting I, on I the sample. I don't know about no? that. Okay, I might have been making this whole thing up. So, anyways, yes. Keep so, going. sorry. What when, when I do that with songs, I have a tendency to like, I don't know. I drift off. Like, so for some reason, like it's not like you know, I've heard the song a million fucking times, right? Right. But for some reason, like it, it just kind of like clicked, and it was just kind of funny, you know. Like when he's saying, "I want my MT- MTV," I my brain, you know, put UND in there. And I just kind of <laughs> I want my UND. I love it. Listen, and then I just kind of like imagine like a like coming out of the tunnel like that. It just kind of like it was a just a really quick thought, and it kind of you know made a smile to my face. And just like the the whole message of the song is basically like the, the whole message of the song is kind of like a fuck you to everybody, right? Like like they they use a very derogatory. F word uh, for homosexuals in that song, but it's but it was they use it in a sense of like you think I'm this, uh, but look at you know look at all the shit I got. Fuck you, basically. I just think so. I put all that together like in like 15 seconds in my head. I just think Notre Dame needs to embrace being a villain more. Like when I when I was imagining in my head and like and you're you're thinking about like the the tone of that song. It's like. I got all this. Like, the, the, I got this. You don't. I just, you know, if, I think Notre Dame fans, they they really try to get, and I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We try to get other fans to, like, see it from our perspective a little too much. Like, like they, like, trash it, and you're like, no, 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 no. Let me, you know, it's like this because of this. Just like this whole ACC stuff, right? And the, this, the conference-only stuff and all that we've all been trying to explain to people what this actually means. And I'm just like, you know what? Just embrace it. Be the, yeah. yeah. Put, the, uh, put the middle fingers up, tell everybody to fuck off. We got this. You don't, it don't matter if we go six and six, we're going to this ball game. I mean, just, I just think that that villain role needs to be, cause look, look, you are not the heroes of 1944 anymore. You know, you're not, you know, I don't know if you want to use the term America's team, but that's just, that's not the, that's not how people look at sports anymore. <clears throat> so if you're going to be the, but they still look at villains, right? And Notre Dame is very much that way to people for all sorts of different reasons. And most of it is because 
they don't understand why Notre Dame is Notre Dame. So just embrace it. Like be up in the everybody. I mean, I'm not well, saying go troll anybody, but just like be like, all right, fuck you. Yeah, we got money. We want, we like money. I Regardless just, uh, if Purdue's getting more TV money than us. Just be <laughs> like, yeah, I like money. I, 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 see, I, the thing is, the thing is that I don't understand is I don't, I don't – maybe it's just because I've been a Notre Dame fan my whole life. I don't understand the idea of rooting for other teams in a conference. I don't understand why conference uh, uh, things are so strong. I don't know why people are so proud of being a conference. As Alex Kirchner brought up the other day in his tweet about Notre Dame, conferences are just basically ways to make TV deals, right? So their affiliations yeah. – first of all, a lot of them are nebulous. You know, a, a lot of them don't have a history. Like we talk, we, we joke about if Lou Holtz said it, it must be tradition or whatever. But a lot of these <laughs> conferences, they haven't been, I mean, they've come from other conferences and stuff like that. But um, the Big 12, for example, that's only existed since the mid 1990s, you know? And so, obviously, yeah, okay, the Southwestern Conference existed and the Big Eight existed or whatever. But like, um, you know, these things can be, are nebulous and they can change at any time. And, we could have 16 team conferences and stuff like that. And I just, the idea that people are upset about Notre Dame not being in a conference, it's like, why do you want to, why do you want people in conferences so bad? Like, does it speak to your need for order in this universe or whatever? Like, and it's like, tell them to join a conference or whatever. I don't understand why that's a huge diss. Um, because I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'm like, I always feel like if your team could be independent and make that a go, you, you would want your team to do that. You'd it is your, the most like, American of options. Yeah. It is the, uh, is the most patriotic. Op- like Look, you, don't if need, you, you don't need Auburn. You just this is the American yourself. dream. You picked <laughs> yourself up by the bootstraps. You did it. You did this yourself. You made this and you control your own destiny. It, just ask anybody. Would you take, if you're making $150,000 a year working for somebody, if you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year and be your own boss, what is better? I to me, it's the be your own boss, hundred thousand because you control what you do. You don't have somebody down your throat. I mean, maybe that's I totally what, get it. Yeah, no, that that autonomy is worth is worth something. And so when we were joking, you were just joking about it that the NBC contract is is less lucrative than if Notre Dame joined the ACC and and got all the ACC TV money. Like, I, I, there's. Pete Sampson wrote a great article. I think it was last August. Look it up. There's a value that Notre Dame places on independence that drives alumni donation dollars that they will never give up unless they are absolutely forced to. Right. And the only way that they're going to be absolutely forced to is if the NCAA comes up with, you know, and, and obviously it's just made up of its members comes up with some super conferences and they basically say, look, the only way you can compete for national championships is you have to be in a conference. And right now well, they don't it, have that. It would, be, it would be rest. It would be the NCAA. Like if, if the college football playoff made their criteria and which they will never do because it's not right. going to be four teams much longer anyways. But even so, even if they go to eight teams and even if they say conference champions are automatic qualifiers, they will still have at large bids. That still means there's some at-large bids there. The yeah. Notre Dame is not going to feel compelled to join a conference. No. Uh, and it, listen, we've had we've had this conversation a million times over. Right. Uh, but that's what I'm. But that that's what the whole dire straits scenario for me today was. Is just I'm just like you know what, put the middle finger up and just stop trying to talk people. Try quit trying to talk common sense with them because no one cares. 
They don't. No, you're not changing anybody. It's a lot like politics. You're not going to change anybody's mind. You really yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other thing is, trying. you know, look, I, I mentioned this too on, on Twitter, but, um, who cares what Desmond Howard thinks? Who cares what Paul Feinbaum thinks? Who cares what Tim Tebow thinks? Like they're never going to get it. To me, it's fun. To be honest with you, it's part of their brand to not get it. Like they get it, but they don't care to get it because it, it makes for, it makes for better chatter. Like, you know, Desmond's sole purpose is to rile up Notre Dame fans and he does a really good job of it. He's done it to me. I've written articles about stupid things. Desmond says, and I've just gotten to the point now where like Desmond is to me as Lou Holtz was to other people. He's just an act. And Lou yeah, Holtz yeah. was like, you know, Homer Notre Dame, Notre Dame National Championship, you know, in 2016 or whatever before the season started. Like that's who Lou Holtz is. He's predictable. Desmond the Howard time I is really predictable. really went off was 2018 because I felt that people like Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreet were driving a narrative to keep Notre Dame out of the playoff. Or, or to, but to you know what? Mich- to rank Michigan playoff. ahead of them. The after, college football playoff defeat. wasn't paying any attention to those guys. Right, exactly. But no, you, that was like a three-week drumbeat up until those first rankings, right? Yeah. Like, like we were like, like just blown away. And then the college football playoff committee comes together, and then they put it out there. Like, they weren't paying attention. It's like, all right, so these guys are just hot air. Because, I mean, there was a, there was a part of me that – was worried that because look narratives do happen like what what is said out there in the media does drive what happens in, in some of these cases so i was worried that you know this is what's going to be a a talked about point inside those meeting rooms of those people and this is some bullshit because notre dame i was there Notre Dame beat the shit out of michigan that night uh it was close for no reason but Michigan could, I mean, at no point was I ever worried Notre Dame was going to lose that game past the you know, first quarter. So, Josh, I know. don't know how you feel, but like, I feel like to give the college football playoff committee credit, and I realize it's, it's a group that's changed a couple of times since it's an original right. inception, but as a body, I feel like they've been a, done a real good job of filtering out the noise and thinking for themselves. And I think sometimes they make controversial um, picks or whatever, but at the end, it's always I, pretty good. It's always pretty yeah, good. Yeah, except, I mean, it, it, in the grand scheme, it does not matter at all. But I still have a giant, I mean, a giant fucking bone to pick with them about what they did to Notre Dame last year by sticking them in the fucking muck for six weeks in a row. Yeah, it for no, I mean, it, you know, I'm saying it, it, it wasn't like it made much difference, but it did. I mean, it kept it kept Notre Dame out of a, out of a major bowl game. It, uh, it, it was just, it was a, it was a shit show to be, yeah. to sit there at 16th. Hell you were, you dropped down one, uh, one week. Well, the problem is you lost, you lost so big to Michigan and then Michigan was behind people. It couldn't beat, you know? Right. And it no, was I, like that. It was like a pig, big 10 clusterfuck that was happening in the middle of that, those rankings. Well, and so it, 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 and more so with the teams ahead of Notre Dame, and Michigan, like you, I mean, I well, like I, really can't, I can't, I can't, Penn State. I can't, let, like, yeah, yeah, can't go I down the short again. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I'm not going to. It makes, it'll, it'll get like, shouty again. It'll get shouty them. again. They're, they're trash. Michigan, Minnesota was trash. Fuck them. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, you're right though. I mean, they they generally have done they've done what they need to do. Like, yeah. it, it is not really to set up a top 25. It's to set up the playoff. 
everything right. else falls in falls. Everything in else is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. They've they've done a fairly a pretty good job. Um, you know, and, and to to their credit for Notre Dame, it's like look, you know, Notre Dame's been in the mix. You know, either you know, you know, for the playoffs. Sure. I mean, 2014 was a year they were in the mix. And they, they did it to themselves. Yep. 17. 18. Uh, did it to themselves. Yep. 18. Uh, I mean, they've done what Notre Dame has done in the college football playoff. As far as you know, they're 15 playoff rank. 15, they were in the mix too. Right, right. The, the, the mess is their own creation. Yeah. The, the playoff committee has actually treated them with. I mean, 17 was a big deal, right? You lose the you lose to Georgia, second game of the year, and then when the playoff committee rankings come out for the first time, you're ranked third, I think, right? Was it? Were they third or fourth in the first ranking sets? Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I don't. I don't recall, but I remember. Either was, way, was, you were definitely in. like, yeah, you're in. You were definitely in the hunt. So, you know, hats off to them for, you know, for that. And that, you know, none of that has, if there's a, if there's people in a room, uh, they're not, they're not worried about money. Like they're they're not looking for the big name matchup. This isn't like the bowl game scenarios, uh, with the guys with colorful jackets. This is a whole different ball game. And these are people that really don't like Notre Dame either. (laughs) (laughs) Ty Willingham is not a fan of Notre Dame. Uh, so, I, I mean, I've, yeah, they've done all right. Notre, Notre Dame's faults are Notre Dame's faults. That's what's yeah. Notre Dame's fault. Except for last year with that bullshit. I, oh. yeah. Well, that was kind of Notre Dame. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't yeah, want to get you wound up. Uh, so. it's, still, it's still some bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah. There, there's how one TikTok can uh, can set off a, a windstorm in your, in your head. But I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Be the villain. Well, I definitely want my UND, so I'm 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 with there. Wish you the best. I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be thinking about that now, aren't you? You're gonna be hearing like, I want my UND. I just never re- refer to them as UND, so it's just kind of I never funny. do either. But it, yeah. it, it fit. It, it totally fit. I bet you uh, Brandon could work something out with you here on this. I, I feel good. I feel good about this. He so. probably could. He probably could have. Yeah. I've been trying to change up the art for the podcast too, instead of just having the uh, uh, the. Uh, our our website logo as, as the, the flutey hot pocket thing is just disturbing. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta find I gotta find that's some more. too intense. That's too intense. More fun but, stuff. People yeah. would have no idea if I put just like Mark Knopfler, uh, singer and guitarist for Dire Straits on on this, they would have no idea what this podcast is. Well, about. if I recall correctly, that had a pretty uh, crazy video, right? It was like early computer animation. Kind oh of yeah. Deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do this a lot with songs. I don't know why I. It, I dig uh, it, man. I, no, two th- I had another one that I, 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 this is one I could never get out of my head. And uh, 2012, when Notre Dame played uh, Miami and Soldier Field, the, the Shamrock Series uniforms and all that, and there was a there was a song, and I I, I can't remember exactly who was all in it. It might have been like like Ti, Kanye, Lil Wayne. It was like a compilation. It might have been on a Ti album. Uh, the song was called Swagger Like Us. And it just had a really, it, it, they used a sample from a, from another song that was pretty popular at the time. It was hot. It was fucking smoking hot. But it had this really hardcore, like snare drum beat, like a marching kind of drum beat. Oh, nice. And, and so with the, the Shamrock Series uniforms, you're playing Miami. There's a lot of, the song is called Swagger Like Us. You got a lot of swagger to you right now. Sure. I mean, you're undefeated. Look, I just thought, I always, I thought looking back then, and this is just me. This is how I'm just giving you a deep dive into my brain. And how <laughs> I can be at times. 
I just thought, you know, if they just came out and just like not run out in the field, but just marched out in the field uh, with that song playing to my with Miami out there. That, that was the big thing. It was like sure. kind of like a reversal, like a, a big fuck you. This is where we're at now. I don't know. I, that's where I'm at. I, I'm sorry, guys. For, I, there's people out there who just lose their mind because I keep uh, cussing. Well, there's also there's I'm also people. There's also people out there saying it was bad enough that I ruined my steakhouse reservation. You want me to come out? Do you want my team to come out to a rap song instead of? Uh, <laughs> and there's a I think it's. I think that just would have made it even better. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, there would the have been a quite the throw. observer letters on um, come Monday morning. So. The more wretches I could throw into this mix, the better. I mean, it's fantastic. You yeah. know what else, else I was thinking about? Um, last What's, year was was the time that this would have been about the time that the Insider Preview magazines hit like newsstands. So I would have been I would have been elbow deep in and the Insider magazine. We probably would have had Tyler James on. I was gonna, uh, I was going to ask Blue. Tyler uh, yesterday if if uh, so you're not going to do the uh, uh, the media tour <laughs> this year. <laughs> I mean, I think we should just have Tyler James on because he's cool. I do, he's, I do he's cool, but uh, yeah, blue and gold. I I love getting those in the mail. Um, you know, I used to go to Walmart and pick up the, uh, the Athlon and the Phil Steele. I'm not sure I want to I want to risk my life for those two magazines this year, but um, I you know yeah. I gave up on I gave up on Phil Steele years ago. I I really man, that is the most overrated magazine. I'm just always like, how do you know so much about Kent State? Like, how is this even possible? You know? Oh, yeah. Look, take three years of Phil Steele's articles or of magazines. Turn to this, turn to the same team, whether it's Notre Dame or, or Kent State or, or whoever. There's not a whole lot. The amount. The funny thing is, he's like, there's so much information, but it's the same fucking information. There is literally like a sentence or two more about the next season. Like it's, yeah. there's not a whole lot of different stuff written. Like it's the same shit. And well, I, to be, I think it was to be, to be fair. When Bill, Con- when Bill Connolly does the same, like Bill Connolly's oh, thing is, is I know, mostly I, I know. too. So, but, but just because of the, the alto praise that he was getting and I right. was someone bought in, like I call this thing, the Bible, right? Like I carry this thing around. This is my, especially the early days of, of, uh, of blogging back in, you know, Oh seven, Oh eight and Oh nine. I, you know, I lived off this thing. It was it was faster, easier, better than um, than using the internet just to quick up some you know quick stuff. And, and they they still are. I mean, they're, they're they're great accessible guides. They're like miniature media guides. But it was just, I just I got to the point where I just how overrated I thought they were making Phil Steele just because he was rewriting the same shit every single year. He had a couple of good math formulas in there for different scenarios. So I I don't know, but. Hey, before I, I, fell, I fell off the Phil Still wagon. Before I let you go, I saw the headline, but I did not click through. Rocco Spindler has set a commitment date. Is it soon? Yeah, August eighth. August eighth. Okay, so we got about another month. And yeah. what's it? What are what are the what do the the beatniks think? Is it trending one way or another? Is it fifty fifty still for Michigan and Notre Dame? Like, what's what's the thought Pretty process? Much. Michigan Notre Dame. I mean, LSU's in the mix there. Uh, is it going to be like uh, Georgia Tech in the eleventh hour? Or is, no, yeah. <laughs> no. It, it's look. It's Notre Dame, Michigan. The guys played it pretty close to the vest, and um, this is all, this is obvious. It's an it's an obvious altered timeline, right? Like right. Spindler wanted to take all of his visits, in March. but this is back in spring. Like when he could yeah. take, he was going to decide 
you know, in the spring. Sure. Well, with no visits, he he was adamant about it. Hey, he's still going to take his visits before he does anything. And obviously, as we've seen things go on, that wasn't going to happen. So I think that he wants to start wrapping this up. Another thing about Spindler, too, was, you know, he was looking at at uh, transferring to IMG down in Florida uh, for a senior year. Oh, okay. And, <clears throat> look, Michigan may not have high school football uh, this right. right. I mean, it, it, a lot of places might not. Uh, right. But Michigan, or they'll Michigan move it to spring, that, right? Yeah, Michigan is one that they have been for a long for a while now. They've been talking about moving, so he might just be ready to like start buckling down. Um, you know, and yeah, I would advise him against going to IMG. I I hate that too, man. I really I think that sucks for. I think that sucks for these schools. Well, you know what I'm complete, saying? For a completely petty reason, when I try to figure out like where, where Notre Dame's recruiting kids from, it always screws up the Florida numbers because you're just like, oh, well, this it this does. isn't a real Florida kid. I think, <laughs> I think you know, I, I did the states of recruiting for a long time. I didn't do one this year. Right. Um, and I think I started to uh, – I did not count those guys as Florida kids. Uh, That's you know, good. Like, Robert Hainsey, right? He was an IMG guy, but he's a he's a Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah so uh, he's not Ohio. Otherwise, I'd tell you uh, high school. Hey, let's, let's high school. He went to. But uh, I. But what his principal's right name there. was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I don't know. I was. I, I. I don't like IMG, man. I think it's. I think it's a shitty kind of a. A thing. If if you're a high school player coming up with this guy, say this guy's in your class. And like and like Garrett Dellinger's with him, right? This guy's committed to LSU. You're, so you got probably the best offensive line in your state with Rocco Spindler and, and Garrett Dellinger. And you're look, say even if they're going to have a season, you're looking to have you were you're just going to bail on them for what? I mean, I mean honestly for what? Because you're going to go to Notre Dame or Michigan. You're going to get right. great coaching that's better than I am. What IMG's got. For you, it's not going to make it, a, it would stand a reason. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah difference. You you wonder if there's any push from college programs to say, hey, have you checked out IMG? They've got a good. I mean, maybe maybe it's like a strength thing, like a strength and conditioning thing. Like, hey, we notice that kids who go to IMG come out a little bit more ready in the strength in the in the weight room or something like that than than the average kid. I don't know. I'm just wondering maybe. if this is at all pushed by the colleges. Like, if they're maybe if neither, maybe it's a grades thing and not to say that that uh, yeah. Spindler is in that category because he's not right. but you know maybe it's like hey this is going to be a little bit easier route for you in your senior yeah. year to make that you're qualified uh and you know they're all about sport you know this is going to be uh you know this can get you prepared i i just think it's a bunch of horse shit it's just another way to get money because this place right. ain't cheap uh, <laughs> so i just i i don't know i i don't get it i don't get the the pull for these guys to want to go there unless maybe you're a dynamite guy and you're playing on it as like a, a shit program and a shit school. And you are just, you're, you got to get out of this area. I, I, I get, I get it as like a kind of like a, a savior place, but Spindler doesn't seem like in that case, Tony Jones jr. Didn't seem to be in that right, place. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, when you, when you talk about that kind of school, I think of, um, there's a school near me called Milford Academy. It's not that close to me, but it's like guys who are real, I think they're real dum-dums and they, um, and they, it's a sports school. Basically they want to make a great football team. So they bring in these guys, their grades magically go up. Um, you know, it's basically a sports factory. So you got like, uh, 
uh, LaShawn McCoy went there and Cameron Artis Payne went there and Yinkadari went there. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay. George Washington, Yinkadari. Yeah. 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 These guys are like going to the middle of nowhere, uh, New Berlin, New York. And they're going for, uh, they're going for one year after high school to get the grades up. Oh, their grades are good. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, I'll never get it. Uh, but you know, what are you going to do? All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. I, we, I don't know. This, this was relaxed fit. I mean, this was just kind of bullshitting around, even though we, we still pulled out an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we I, do, man. I mean, I, look, I, 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 I swore I, we were going to keep, I mean, to myself, I'm like, oh, really? we're going to get I, this in, in about an hour. Really. You know, I said to my wife the other day, I go, look, when we first started this, I was, I was committed to keeping these under an hour. Cause I, I, I listened to like the solid verbal, you know, which goes about an hour or whatever. And, and that's kind of my speed is, is listening to something that, that that short, but you know, the feedback that we've gotten from people. And again, I would encourage you to leave a review on Apple podcasts. And if you want it five yes. stars, that would, that would greatly help us out, but leave us a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. But the thing, the feedback that we consistently get is people get legit excited when they see a new OFD podcast download and it's over an hour and a half. In fact, when we had, when I had Greg on, um, it was me and him and I think Brendan and you weren't there or whatever. Uh, I said, you know, I kind of joke when we were off air, I said something like, Oh, you know, it was an hour 40 or whatever. I didn't know we were going to go, if we were going to go as long with Josh, he goes, I would have been offended if that thing had gone under one thirty. He's like, you bring me on and you do a regular podcast with me. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Greg, Greg's Greg, Carter's the same way. Yeah. Like just talking like yeah. Greg and Carter, are both in that category. Like, cause you said before, you're like, you know, I'm just surprised, you know, Carter was willing to stay on after an hour. I'm like, I definitely said that. He and you're he like, could have kept up. talking. He's he's one you know, of us. Just yeah. like, hey, we need he's to wrap this up. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, because you feel like look, you know, look. Carter Carl's got a legit job. You think he he probably has better things to do, but like Carter's a good talker, you know. But I get it. Like my look, my favorite podcast, and I've said it before, hands down, is uh, last podcast on the left. I fucking love it. It's uh, it's it's a great thing, and they'll have episodes that are two and a half hours long. I mean, it's. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, yes. Like, I gear up for that. I, I don't understand. And look, I I have gotten the emails <laughs> talking <laughs> about maybe your podcast should be shorter. And I'm not talking about listeners. I'm talking about people that take care of this podcast for me. Uh, but, you know, can't you break that into like two or three episodes? Uh, you get more downloads. I Man, fuck that. I got we got a We got a fan base that likes this. I don't yeah, want to. We're doing fine. I, I'm on a roll. I can barely, I can barely remember what I said five minutes ago. <laughs> How am I going to keep that same energy and any kind of thought process splitting it up? It's just, it's not going to happen. And so to, to put this all in everyone's face again, like Jude said, please rate and review those five-star reviews go a long ways on Apple podcasts. Every review left will get read on this po- podcast. We, we want to make sure that uh, what you say uh, gets heard and we'll try to, We'll try to accommodate you guys as much as possible, but I have not heard from anybody that they want shorter podcast episodes. Yeah, look, I think this this feels a lot like if I had called you on the phone and we were just like, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, yeah, maybe we would have talked about our families more or whatever, but we would have we would have talked an hour easily on Notre Dame football, and we're like, "Oh yeah, look at the time. There you go." You know. So Uh, my whole premise my whole premise on covering Notre Dame since December of two thousand and six is that I was going to go about this like 
I was sitting in a fucking bar bullshitting with somebody. That's, that's why that's why the language is colorful. <laughs> why, uh, look, I'm not the I'm not the world's greatest writer. Uh, that is very evident to many of you out there. I'm not the greatest podcast, so that's very evident all, all you out there. But I'm a pretty decent guy. Uh, and if you want to talk, you know, you want to talk about things, I'll sit down and talk about it. I'll argue with you about it. I, I'm not retarded or excuse me. Uh, I'm not stupid enough to like not uh, know when I'm wrong. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> uh, but that, that's all that this that this is uh, that this is for. I mean, it's just we're here bullshitting around. And that's been my whole premise for the 13, 14 years doing all this stuff. Um, and I really I'm, I'm getting me, gushy it, here. It took me about six months. It. It's funny because I was on this podcast, but it took me about six months to a year to, to realize that that's exactly what we were doing. And it works for us because it, it's just exactly our it's exactly our personalities, exactly our styles. I mean, we would we would talk this way with anybody. You know, uh, we're not putting on airs to do this podcast. We're not uh, we don't do a lot of deep uh, research. Uh, we do some cursory stuff, but we don't we don't we've talked about this before. We don't game plan anything. We don't write anything out. Brendan tried to get us on a on a uh, outline for a couple of weeks and 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 we humored that it. Was but, nice. That was nice. <laughs> but we didn't really do it. It We're not really doing it now. So, no. I uh, mean, uh, the, hey, what are we going to you know, you're like, hey, are we? podcast tonight and this is like you know five six o'clock <laughs> you know we, we don't really record on like a monday or sunday night so we kind of know it's coming yeah. um and, but it's like hey podcast all right what are we gonna talk about uh i don't know uh how about this i mean that's basically how this works out so yeah maybe that just blew your minds because we will will work on the fly pretty well i think uh but we're, that means we're gonna be wrong about some shit uh of course uh but <laughs> I don't know. It makes it makes the conversation a little more natural. Also makes also causes probably uh, a lot more interruption. <laughs> I also got one last thing for people. Like if they're still listening, um, if you want to hear somebody on this podcast, I mean, we've had Carter on, we've had Tyler on, we had Mike Singer on from BGI recently or whatever. If you know somebody who you think would be gr- a great fit with us, um, you know, suggest them. I, I'm I'm totally open to to stepping aside and and having a new voice on the podcast because I, I, to be honest with you, our guests are great and some of the best downloaded stuff that we've had is is talking with Carter and talking with other people. So um, if you know of somebody who you think would be a, a great fit who's knowledgeable about Notre Dame football or Notre Dame sports in general, let, like we'll have him on. Um, Ty was a, Ty was a good guest. I had him on about last year around this time. Yeah. I'll that again. Yeah, but even Ty's people, always fun because. As an obvious Notre Dame fan, but he has a, I think Ty has a different perspective on Notre Dame than like you or I and Brendan have. For sure. Just a little bit different. Um, and he's always battling an Oregon person uh, every week as it is. Uh, but, you know, Ty, you know, Ty's big on the, the Tom Hammond takes. Uh, look, back in, I can't remember what year it was, uh, but Ty got a hold of me. He's like, look, we got to do a Ty, we got to do a Tom Hammond podcast. Uh, just, just, <laughs> He's like, just tell me when you want to do it, uh, you know, and and we'll do it. So I was like, all right, this is back like the Subway Domer podcast days. And I'm like, all right, man, let's let's do it. And Ty just went off for like an hour about Tom Hammond. And it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I think that's what was had, him the most. <laughs> we had Matt Brown on um, and and I felt like, you know, even though he's not a Notre Dame fan, he, he can give a, a much more national perspective. Um, we had Caroline, uh, on, she, she was great. Um, and so look, 
you know, if you know, yeah, Jessica, of course, if you know an SB Nation personality that you that you think would be a good fit for us, if you know somebody who's in the Notre Dame podcast sphere, or if you just know a writer uh, whose voice you haven't heard and you think, you know, maybe they deserve a little love, um, I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun. And this is and that's what the all off season is about, because, look. We can't make every one of these. We got families and stuff like that. And, and Brendan was out tonight. And so if we had known probably in advance, we probably would have tried to hook up Greg because we just Greg's great. And, you know, he's a good default guest or whatever. But, uh, uh, you know, I think there's always space for more people. Three three's about just the right war- number. And just to warn you, uh, they're, we're probably not having a college football season <laughs> yeah. without, without like being totally adamant about it. I'm pretty sure it's not happening. But we're, I still plan on doing all this. Uh, so it's going to get, it's going to get different. Uh, it's going <laughs> to, you know, I, I, and I can't even tell you what that, what all that's going to be. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to get, you might, we have, might have more episodes like this. I had a lot of fun doing this tonight. Uh, so I, I don't know. All I can promise you is that we'll be here. Uh, and, but how that all looks, I don't know. Uh, but it's it, it will continue even with college football season uh, because we're we're all you got. I mean, <laughs> we're pretty much all you got right now. And many of you may remember that before Brennan, we had Brad and Brad's still around. He's doing he seems to be doing pretty well. So, um, you know, there can I'll never say no to uh, to a return of Brad. Uh, so we can we can definitely, you know, get any, everybody, anybody and everybody on. And obviously, if you didn't read. Uh, Pat Rick's uh, most recent app, uh, article about Notre Dame's greatest basketball rival. Please <laughs> stop whatever you're doing and go do that now. Go read it. And laugh your ass off because he wrote 3,000 words on literally – he is the king of one-note jokes that just go on forever. And it's like that family guy uh, thing <laughs> where, where, he, where he stubs his knee and it's like funny and then it's not funny for like a minute. But it because they kept it going for like you know a minute – it starts being funny again. That's how I feel about, uh, about Pat's uh, articles. They're just, they just make me laugh. And, they just make me laugh. He's so a great hard. podcast guest. That was, I, I love doing the basketball episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I would love to have a hockey well, season so we can bring uh, Lauren or Lino, Lino on back and, on. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're down. We're down. Look, we are built for no season. We're not going to struggle here. Back, we said this back in February and March, like the, the media, the, the mainstream print and like, you know, the, the, uh, the old school guys there, they'll have a hard time. Like they, they came around, they start figuring out that, uh, that they are, that they too can be, t- be content farms. Uh, some of the stuff that's come out, but, uh, you know, they'll survive and be all right. But you know, they, they struggle with, uh, with goings outside the box. We've lived outside. I've lived outside the box for over a decade. <laughs> so and my arms are swinging wildly like a crazy Italian uh, when I say this, but we've, we've, I've been doing this too long. Uh, we, I can keep, I, I mean, I could, I could do no sports for a couple of years. That's how ridiculous <laughs> I am. That's how insane I am. I'm sorry. It just, I can do this. Um, so I'm here for you. Uh, we don't want it to be that like that, but that's where, but you know, we're just preparing for the worst man. Hope for the best. And Josh, I want to tell you that after our last podcast or second to last podcast, I did have uh, somebody reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, they were at their mom's house. They have a bunch of old Notre Dame programs from when they were undergrad. And they were wondering if I was interested. So 
Uh, if you're wondering if that unhealthy obsession continues, it does. So I'm uh, I'm doing well. Your poor wife. I don't. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. I told her. <laughs> I, know the, it. I, I told her the other day. Like, yeah, you should really listen. I know, to but, you, might, but you might learn a thing or two. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be. Uh, there's a movie out there, right? Where where the the husband's a psychopath. <laughs> He's got like a, a secret room with like a shrine, to like some chick and all that. And the wife just like stumbles upon it one day and is fucking horrified. I feel like your wife's going to stumble into a room one day and just be like, cross herself and be like, get the priest. Dear Jesus, what is this? Uh, I, I, you're you're tempted fate, Jude. Put all the programs in your house. She's a lovely lady. All right. All right. We'll wrap it all up there. And, and we, man, we just kept it under two hours. Man, we're, we're something else. All right. Thanks again. Go read the site. Uh, we'll have another week of, uh, of something up. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go Irish.